hit high, very deep, out to right, gone! It's the Sports Fan Show with Anthony Gumont on a Thursday night at 90.3 KRNU Lincoln Alternative Music. Uh, joined by a special guest, uh, also sophomore of the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, Charlie Wing from Seattle, Washington. Charlie, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anything for our guests. Um, one thing for sure that's co- that we're going to be talking about a lot is college football on the show. Uh, first segment here for you. Just pretty much some overachievers, underachievers, or any other upsets that came out for week number three. Uh, the Heisman race coming up, and then also the top five power five games to watch in week number four. Then in hour number two, Dylan Jurgens will get more. Uh, we'll talk more about him when he comes on. We're going to have a best breakfast foods item draft, and we'll uh, NFL week for segment number four, and then Nebraska versus Louisiana Tech week number five we got a big show lineup for you guys so excited for this and yeah it's gonna be a blast for sure you want to stay tuned to 90.3 krnu i know there's also some high school football going on so yeah got a big show and charlie let's get right into it let's do this week number three no four I think no number number three. It week, was three, yeah. Yeah, say week number three comes uh, comes into play at uh, in the world of college football. Did anything surprise to you by any chance in week number three? So yeah, I I enjoyed watching the some of the games this past weekend. I think the number one thing that stood out to me uh, off the top of my head probably that Florida Tennessee game uh, was able to catch quite a bit of that. Uh, I wasn't too high on the Florida Gators coming into the season, so didn't really expect them to pull off the upset there, but that's a rivalry game there with Tennessee um, coming into the swamp there. It's always a tough place to play, tough place to win. And Tennessee just really big, you know, all the questions surrounding their quarterback, Joe Milton, coming into the season, how he would how he would do. Uh, obviously, they had uh, Hendon Hooker last year, the quarterback, and he went to the NFL, so... A lot of questions surrounding the offense for them this year. Would it be, you know, explosive like it was last year? They went 10-2, and win in a bowl game, finished the season 11-2. and But rough, rough game on Saturday. The Gators just looking like a pretty good team there, and they were definitely fired up. So, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely surprising to watch there. I don't know if you caught any of the game as well. I, but. well... Also, they kind of played during the Huskers game or like just oh, a little right. bit during yeah. that time frame. Uh, so I wasn't able to watch that. However, like you, I was seeing on the scoreboard and then also checking my phone as well. Just a very surprising game to watch. I think another thing, uh, especially about that Tennessee team, we didn't really talk about them when you went on the podcast form, uh, the Sports Fan Show podcast available wherever you find your podcast. But... Uh, the Tennessee Volunteers are pretty much driven by how much Joe Milton can do for them. He would, you know, he formerly played at Michigan, then like what, you, like, and then he transferred to Tennessee, lost his starting job to Hennon Hooker, just like what you said. But this Tennessee team, they in order to win football games, they have to do a very good job at the quarterback position. Which Hennon Hooker, believe he played a pretty decent game, uh, but 
the Swamp is always, like what you said, a very hard game to play. I mean, he two, he threw for 287 yards, but I think the ground game really didn't get going for Flor- or for Tennessee versus like what it did for Florida when they had 183 rushing yards. Uh, Graham Mertz didn't play the very surprising game. Uh, Wisconsin transfer going to Florida, got the starting job there. Uh, but pretty much I think what uh, this Tennessee team, pretty much it came down to what it looked like according on ESPN, which is pretty much the, the penalties that killed him, 10, 10 penalties for 79 yards. And then Florida also dominated in, t- in the time of possession. That's one way that Florida's probably going to win a lot of games this year. So, uh, Anything else that stood out to you? Yeah, so that was, that was one of the games for sure. Um, also, I did watch quite a bit of that Colorado State-Colorado game, I think. So did with a did lot you of happen others. to fall asleep during that game? Well, I didn't know. I didn't fall asleep. I was hoping that Colorado State would pull off the upset. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Wyoming Cowboys fan. Colorado State, their biggest rival, but uh, definitely was pulling for the Mountain West there. Colorado, they've been, you know, first after their first two wins of the season, a lot of hype surrounding that program. They've got some more tough games coming up, but Colorado State in-state rivals almost pulled off the upset there. They I mean, they had to have been feeling pretty good in the fourth quarter. They're up by 11, but Colorado just in the two-minute drill, they go 98 yards, score the touchdown, uh, send it to overtime, and then in overtime, just uh, more more penalties. And just throughout the game, so many penalties for Colorado State, really just I think it was something like 15 or 16 penalties. It was uh, uh, Yeah, they had 17, and Colorado had 10. Yeah, so, so just... P- part of it was, I think, like, there's so many, a lot of unsportsmanlike conducts, like, you know, a lot of late hits on Colorado State. Um, it, it was more just trying to send a message to pretty, not just the state of Colorado, but to the country, like, you know, trying to shut up Colorado and say their hype isn't real or something like that, and then yeah. sending a message. Uh, but they do, they take out Travis Hunter, you know, who's going to be very very well miss these next three games so yeah i think just yeah that definitely is a big loss for them and like you said colorado state really especially when you look at all those programs college game day big noon kickoff pat mcafee show was there yeah, all yeah. those and they uh colorado state wasn't having any of that so they uh they almost pulled it off but colorado at the end just got it together and and it ended up winning the game it was interesting to see them the colorado fans storming the field uh, after, you know, in a yeah. game where they're like 24-point favorites or whatever it was, that was interesting to see. But ultimately, they're going to, I think the next two games, we're, we're probably going to learn a lot more about Colorado with Oregon and USC, both tough Pac-12 opponents. They go to Oregon this weekend. I've been to a game there. That's not an easy place to win for anybody. And then USC coming to uh, Boulder the following week. Right now, they're number five, so... Uh, and then after that, they've got more tough games because the Pac-12 is just, it's its interesting. Their final year, it looks like they're going out with a bang here. Cause you have eight ranked teams, and they're all undefeated yeah. in the top 25. Yeah. I mean, right? And also, very well, you have six out of six quarterbacks who are the best in the country. You know, you have Caleb Williams, you have Michael Penix of Washington, you have Shadur Sanders of Colorado, Bo Nix of Oregon, DJ Uwagalale. U- 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 however you say his last name, from Oregon State. You have Cameron Ward from Washington State, you know, and then there's also that true freshman from Arizona State. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, But he's one of the young rising stars that we're going to see in college football later on. 
But yeah, the Pac-12 or Tupac, whatever you want to say uh, right now, but they're going out with a bang, like just what you said. Yeah, so, for sure. Uh, one game that kind of stood out to me, Charlie, is uh, at least in the first half, this game was very entertaining to watch, but then in the second half, this team blew them out. South Carolina and Georgia. South Carolina up 14-3 to on the two-time defending national champion Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, but Georgia came out swinging in that third quarter, and it seems like Spencer Rattler couldn't do anything about it. Yeah, well, there were a few few of the top teams in the country that were really struggling for quite a bit of the game. I saw just a little bit of the South Carolina-Georgia game. Like you said, South Carolina at halftime, you know, anything can happen, but Georgia at the end of the day just too much and still number uh, ranked number one, mm-hmm. so... I think, and then, like I said, a lot of few other top teams struggled. Texas tied with Wyoming after the third quarter. Yeah, I think you know, I think a, some people were maybe keeping their eye on that. Uh, I think for a little bit, Wyoming was going to be the father of Texas for a little bit because they beat Texas Tech in week one, and then you're going to beat out the Longhorns in week three. I mean, Wyoming's a pretty good team to hang in with these powerhouses, though. Well, yeah, they beat, they beat Texas Tech a few weeks ago, and I don't know, just I guess maybe – I don't know how you could call Wyoming a trap game at home, but after going on the road, they have that great win at Alabama. Maybe just underestimated Wyoming a little bit. Maybe they just didn't play their game, but it was 10-10 at the end of the third quarter, and then Texas did pull away. So they got the win. They're still, I guess now they're number three, aren't they? I think they are number three because of this other trap game I was going to mention. Florida State goes on the road to Boston College. That was the other one, yeah. Who lost to NIU, who Nebraska just beat this last week who barely beat Holy Cross, and now Boston College almost pulled up the fourth fourth quarter upset. Uh, but, uh, you know, they they were moving the ball. They were going over. You know, all they had to do was just stop a third down, but then their their defense got a face mask penalty to end of the game. Uh, but, yeah, there's that was another trap game. Uh, I think there's only two upset teams in the ranked. You know, we talked about Tennessee. Kansas State losing off to a 61-yard field goal. That, that was, was impressive crazy. to watch. Yeah. Uh, I was, my family came over this past weekend and we were in my apartment, we were watching the game and, you know, uh, I actually checked out Missouri. So, uh, my mom and my brother were like, see, we could have been here right now. Like we could have, <laughs> we, we literally could be here watching and like, eh, all right. You know, so, but everyone was at the edge of their seats, just getting ready to watch a 61 yard field goal. And they had a returner in the end. And we we're like, oh, 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 oh my gosh. She made that. You know, like, just in shock. Because 61-yarder, even for the pros, is hard to do. Because the NFL record is, what, 66 yards? Yeah, just now it's 66. No, yeah, that was that was a crazy finish. Missouri, I don't know if – I hadn't really paid much attention to either team. Kansas State was ranked – They were ranked 15th at the time. Yeah, 15. So, I don't know what their expectations were, but losing like that, definitely a rough – uh, rough way to lose I think Missouri um, maybe I've been hearing kind of just all over social media I guess you can hear this about any team basically but maybe a little bit of a dark horse are they a little better than some people think now uh, but they'll have they'll have their their time and during SEC play to prove themselves it's going to be a tough uh, rest of the year for sure but definitely a, a good win for them over Kansas State yeah we bring up uh, Missouri's schedule you know they beat South Dakota at home, or pretty. I didn't realize this just till now, but they have four straight home games to open the season. That's a pretty good lineup for the Tigers. 
but you beat South Dakota. Then you kind of struggle against Middle Tennessee State, 23-19 final score, Missouri wins. That kind of caused him hesitation, I think, for this game at least. And then, you know, Kansas State, their schedule coming into this. Uh, if I can just pull it up here for a little bit. Yeah, you know, they beat Troy and they beat uh, Southeast Missouri. Uh, so not relatively good programs, but also Kansas State people were referring to last year's team. Could they be just as good as they were last year, if not even maybe just a little bit better? Uh, I know I have them winning the, the Big 12, in my opinion. They, they're still very capable of doing it. But this win or this loss for Kansas State really puts a, rep- or puts a dent in their reputation. So, I think, and then one more game I want to talk about here with you, Charlie. Um, that's if I can hurry up and get it to here real quick. Now, maybe not in the top 25, but uh, let's go back a minute for Colorado because when we were talking about this, this brought up into my mind. You know, you mentioned the um, the fans storming the field. I kind of understand why when they did it against Nebraska. I really do because. You know, last year they were 1-11, you know, their first home win in who knows how long, maybe just two years or something like that. But they stormed the field, and Nebraska fans were not happy. They stormed the field this week, and now Rams fans aren't happy. Is this going to be a reputation reputation that we're going to be seeing from Colorado? Is we're, are they going to be storming the field every week? Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question because their next game's against USC, and that would be a far bigger uh win I would say than these two games uh these first two games that they've played and I don't know who else they play I assume they have some other ranked opponents at home so if they storm the field for these two games I I don't see why they wouldn't for the others but yeah I don't know I mean I don't think that much of it I think both are rivalry games so you know I guess they just don't care about you can talk all you want about the storm you know storm you know rushing the field uh, and all those rules, like what what qualifies you to be able to do that? But I don't know. I mean, they're rivalry games, so it had been uh, Nebraska and Colorado State probably their two biggest rivals, aren't they? I would say. I mean, I would say so at least as of yeah. now. But I, to be honest, though, I don't really classify. Like, you look back in the day, yes, Nebraska Colorado was a rivalry, but when ne- Nebraska went to the Big Ten and Colorado went to the Pac-12. There was really wasn't much of a rivalry ever since then. And, you know, are they trying to renew this now because uh, Colorado's moving to the Big 12? I necessarily don't know. I don't think future scheduling, I don't think we have Colorado in it. I, I don't know. So are we trying to receive this? Um, are we, like, trying to rebuild this rivalry? Or is it just a matter of trying to get, like, immediate attention? Because, heck, we, didn't, we really didn't know Dion was going to go to Colorado. Uh, there was rumors saying that, you know, or not rumors, but like just social media posts saying that Dion could be hired here. Well, you know, he's not the Nebraska motive, but Colorado was, was willing to give him whatever type of money he wanted, and now he's 3-0 and and Matt Rule's 1-2. But I'm not saying that's going to be with the schedule or anything. But I, I just don't see Nebraska as a rival to Colorado just quite yet because I understand because of the past reasons there are. But as of we're speaking right now in 2023, if they continue this on, maybe we will see a rivalry. But I think as of now, that rivalry has kind of like just died down a little bit. It almost would be like if, um, like you, you would you say Ohio State and Notre Dame, you know, they're playing this week. Would you say that's kind of a rivalry game a little bit? Um, 
I don't know. I guess they those two teams don't like each other. I feel like it's kind of a obviously Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan, Notre Dame are both bigger rivalries. This is kind of the yeah, but they're like they're not yeah. in the same conference though. That's where I'm trying to get. At. I'm trying maybe to it's a little bit. I don't think it's a big rivalry, but I I don't know. I think I I mean I think Notre Dame fans will definitely rush the field if they win. I'm that's yeah. a, that's a big win over a. Uh, top, what are they? Six now, ranked sixth, I think. Yeah, Ohio State six. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't really view it as much of a rivalry. Um, but I don't know. Maybe some fans, some fans probably do consider it a rivalry. I think they've played, uh, they've played in a few big games for sure in the past. They just played last year too in Columbus. Ohio State won that game. Uh, they've got definitely a lot of hype around this this game. Two top ten teams, Notre Dame higher expectations than they did last year and now they're at home they've got similar to what colorado had last week they've got college game day uh pat mcafee show all that going on this week there so i think there's a lot of excitement uh surrounding that game i'd say it's the game of the week here but it's one of the biggest games there are a lot of big games coming up because now with conference uh playing coming now coming into the picture um I'm just gonna go ahead and get my uh, top five games to watch, but then we'll get more. We'll get into our our Heisman's uh, later, uh, just into this segment. But for for me at least, the number one game I think we just briefly talked about is Ohio State Notre Dame. You know, top ten teams like what Charlie was just saying. Uh, I think for me, and I'll explain more of this later. But this is a really true game for Sam Hartman if he wants to be shown if he's a worthy Heisman candidate. You know, he's played very well throughout the season. Um, you know, he just looks way more better than he ever did at Wake Forest. It could just be he's at Notre Dame and that brings more media attention to him. But the guy's played college football forever, and this is probably one of his biggest tests. I mean, he's used to playing Clemson, but Ohio State, I think, is a different uh, – different. obviously, they're a different team. I'm trying to think of the right word. Personality, like, I don't know what to say for that. Um, so Ohio State Notre Dame is one game to watch. For the ACC, it's Florida State Clemson. Can is Clemson a true? Can this is probably Clemson's bounce back game? I would say because you know they had that rough week one loss to to Duke, who has shown they're actually quite good in my opinion. Um, I thought they would have like they had a harder schedule. I'm like surely enough, they're going to go like five and seven. You know they're not going to be very good. They're sitting three and zero right now and ranked in the top twenty, but. Uh, Florida State, they have to look way much better than they did against Boston College. They probably slept walked uh, through that game, and they, Jordan Travis, he has played a really be- he has played much better game than what he did against Clemson. This one is that is that Death Valley or the co- or the um, copycat Death Valley, in my opinion. Yeah, no, it's not the real Death Valley. No. I think. I- Maybe not everyone. Most people should be able to agree that the real Death Valley is in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Oh, yeah. That's the – Yep. I know you've been to a game there, but, yeah, definitely not the real Death Valley. But yeah, I mean, Florida State has to pull off something. I think this is going to be a very close game, but then watch Florida State kind of, like, pull away in that second half just a little bit. This could be a very replicate game of what we see for, like, LSU when, they, when Florida State played LSU in week number one. So just watch out. I'm going to take Florida State. Who do you have? So for this game, uh, I'm gonna I'm also gonna take Florida State. I think Clemson just after that loss to Duke, I'm just not too high on them, and I don't know. They're uh, I think a, there's a lot of questions around that. They had the the dynasty there for a while. 
but I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't know if you can say it's officially over, but they're definitely not looking like the team. Some of the teams that we saw in past years, Florida State struggled last week, but I can't really ignore what I saw just a few weeks ago when they beat LSU. I didn't think that they were going to win that game, especially after LSU beat them the past year. A lot of, I think, revenge was on their mind. But Florida State just went in there and looked like the better team. Uh, I honestly think right now, because they're number four right now, uh, you can you can make an argument that they should be even higher on uh, than that just based off that win against LSU. I think when you compare it to what other teams have done, if you're looking at just this season, uh, but you know, struggled last week. I think they're going to look to go into uh, to Clemson and make a statement uh, once again. Even though you know, it's 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 definitely a tough place to play no matter what. But I think for, I'm going to go with Florida State in that one. Jordan Travis, think he'll he'll have a good game and. Florida State at that point will keep their season rolling. I just want to say one thing: the player to walk, the the key player that's probably going to turn everything around, at least on both sides. No, for Florida State, I believe it's got to be either Jaheim Bell or Keon Coleman. Those guys have got to find ways to get open against the secondary, who have only allowed a total of a, less than 150 passing yards throughout the entire season. That's with playing Riley Leonard at Duke. This is, but also, and then this is also playing against. Well, Casey Thompson did get benched against FAU, or when they played FAU. But you know, less than 150 passing yards is very, very good. And they've and Will Shipley for Clemson, that running back. He, I, he's he's already he's not quite a thousand yards, but he will be there by the end of the season. So watch out for those two guys for the Pac-12 or for the Big Ten. I'm gonna go alphabetically here. Is Iowa, Penn State, Penn State wideout game? I think relatively, you know. They host they host Ohio State or is it Michigan that they host this year? Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know why this is the whiteout game. That's interesting. Uh, I, yeah, they host. I think they they host, host Michigan. Okay, yeah. So they go they go at Columbus to play Ohio State. I think relatively, I was, when they announced that this is the whiteout game, people kind of question like why Iowa and why not Michigan. Relatively, you look back at the history of this rivalry, it's one of the most underrated and probably the Big Ten. You think of last year and, you know, both top five teams in the country, you know, probably whoever wins this is quote-unquote going to go to the college football playoff or in the Big Ten championship. Iowa won the game but then lost to Purdue. You know, this is when Iowa was, like, number two in the country, surprisingly. I forget about that. That was just two years ago. Yeah, that was, that was literally that, just two years ago. That. Like, I remember I was uh, – where. I'm, I don't remember exactly where I was, but I do remember, I think, being in some grand mall. I'm not sure. But, yeah, that was literally just not that long ago because yeah. Spencer Rat or not Spencer Rattler, Spencer Petrus uh, was a quarterback for Iowa. And then you also look back when they had Saquon Barkley, you know, it was just – or when the Penn State had Saquon Barkley and Iowa had all those defensive guys. Iowa is still a relatively good defensive team. Uh, they have sh- pretty much shut out pretty much anybody – that they have played only allowed uh, 14, 13, and 10 points on the defensive side, and their offense is kind of improved. They have Cade McNamara, but he's not been the Cade McNamara we've seen because of the injury. But this is going to be one of the most electric atmospheres that Iowa's probably ever been of in a while. Penn State, Drew Aller, he is a dog. He will probably win the Heisman in the next couple years. I believe he's only a true freshman, isn't he? Uh, or is he a redshirt or is he a sophomore? I can't remember, but 
No, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I think he's a. Uh, is he a freshman? That's he's a sophomore. Sophomore. But still, watch watch uh, out for Drew Aller. This guy is this this guy can get it done. Uh, I'm gonna go with Penn State easily. Who you got? Yeah, I'm gonna take Penn State as well. I think you covered most of it. Just a lot of uh, Penn State really high expectations coming into the year. I I haven't really paid much attention to you know their games so far on the year, but uh, Iowa going in there definitely not gonna be easy. Iowa, uh, I just I just don't think that they can. They're, you know, they match up that well with Penn State at the end of the day, so I like Penn State. Yeah. Uh, over to the Big 12. This one's kind of interesting, in my opinion. I was looking at Big 12 games. There's really not a lot of standout ones besides, I think, this one. Both teams undefeated. New member BYU takes on Kansas. Uh, BYU had a pretty, pretty good win against Arkansas past week, last week. And then Kansas, I'm not still relatively high in them. We've seen them, them last year go 5-0. and and then somehow go and then go six and six. Like uh, reason why is probably because uh, what Jalen, what's what's the quarterback name? Jalen Daniels. Jalen Daniels. Yeah. And then uh, Evan Neal, uh, uh, the running back duo. I think Daniels was hurt. That's probably why they started losing games. But this one's gonna be very interesting. I'm I'm curious to who you got. Yeah. So I'm just looking at the schedules here. I did see BYU beat Arkansas last week. Good win. Haven't really paid much attention to Kansas, but yeah, I mean, three and O not any that, you know, impressive wins really in there, but I think this is an opportunity this weekend before they get into uh to conference play, they got to go to Texas the following week. So this is a chance here against BYU, you know, they're not ranked, but it's still a good win. I think at home, uh, even if they if they are able to pull this off, uh, looks like I'm looking at the spread. Is that I think nine and a half is the spread Can- here? Kansas is favored nine and that's a half. That's what it says right here. Uh, oh man, so that's interesting. Uh, I'll go with Kansas at home. I think I don't know. I'm not I'm not that high on BYU. I don't think that they're that good of a team. Really, they had a good win last week, but I'll, I'll go with Kansas at home here to go get to four and zero. Can BYU stop the run? I think that's the biggest key. If uh, BYU can be able to pull a win, they only allow, they just allow just under 100 yards per game. Uh, but they also their defense also allows 318. I didn't realize this. Kansas has like averages 500 yards of total offense. That's insane. Yeah, especially for Kansas. It's impressive so far. I think I don't personally. This is gonna be rough to say, but I probably will. I, Oh man, this is tough because I'm literally split up both ways. I'm gonna, I'm probably will go with Kansas, but don't be close if BYU keeps us close throughout the entire game. You know, their first ever Big Big Twelve opponent is Kansas, who they could be. They just be our 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 Kansas uh, in Arkansas. Um, watch this to be a very close game. I'm gonna, as much as it kills me to say this, I probably will go with Kansas. So, SEC people are questioning the dynasty of Alabama if it's still in reach or is it completely over they're going to host Ole Miss top top 15 matchup Ole Miss is ranked 15th Alabama's ranked 13th Jalen Milrow comes back into the, the starting job uh have you seen the, the conspiracy theories about him no I haven't uh, I just saw the announcement this week that he's the starter going forward but yeah people are saying that he was secretly suspended for a week yeah and so that, they, that the school didn't want to announce that. I could see that because why would you bench a guy who still had a real? He didn't have a 
good game against against Texas, but that's like his second ever starting gig. Like you really can't punish the guy for playing his second ever start, and it's against a powerhouse in Texas. So, I mean, he showed a lot more than Buckner and Simpson did for sure. But uh, this one, I I'm just curious. I'm gonna curious, and you're also the guest. Who you got? So. I'm going to be honest, based off what I've seen so far this season alone, I would actually probably take Ole Miss in this game just because I don't think that Alabama has really shown a ton. They did, you know, they hung in there somewhat with Texas, but just it does, they just don't look like Alabama right now. That said, I don't think that you can rule them out at any point, really, and I think at home that's definitely going to help them out quite a bit there. It's another, uh, for, uh, another Nick Saban assistant and Lane Kiffin, the head coach at Ole Miss, coming uh coming to town so i'm sure that there's a lot of motivation there i don't know is he still not i don't think he's beat beaten saban still i don't think he has but i think this is probably the first time ever in the nick saban era that his two assistants beat him in the same year well we'll see i'm gonna go with alabama Uh, i think this will be a close game but i think that jalen milrow he'll uh he'll have a good game this weekend and um you know especially after that Texas game, I think that he's going to be looking to bounce back. And I think the defense will also look a lot better this week against Ole Miss. So I'm going to go with Alabama in a close game. Well, I mean, the, the defense has to look better if you're playing against a guy named Jackson Dart. Wow. Uh, I mean, he, he's a really good quarterback, 852 yards on the air, seven touchdowns, and also 213 on the ground. It's, he's already have over 1,000 all-purpose yards. He's got to be the playmaker for Ohio State. He's got to limit mistakes. I mean, granted, he only has one interception. But you look at the schedule that Ole Miss has. They're playing teams like Mercer, Tulane, and Georgia Tech. Like, not terrible teams, but Tulane was ranked at the time, and they beat him by 17. It's going to be really, really close throughout the entire game. I'm going to go with the Rebels just because why not? And... uh. A small question, you don't have to elaborate much on this, but do you think the dynasty is over for Alabama? No, I don't, and I think that uh, they're going to I think they're gonna be just fine this season. I know they had a tough loss, but just can't rule them out. It's a Nick Saban coach team, uh, so no, I do not think the dynasty is over. I think that they're going to they're gonna bounce back. I think they'll, they're, still a, they're still a contender this year for sure. I mean, if they we've obviously got a way to go, but if they win out, they're most likely in the college football playoffs still. Yeah. Uh, Including an SEC championship. It's hard to see that win. happening yeah. right now. It's crazy that we're talking about that considering what just happened against South Florida this past weekend, the way that that, but again, it's a, it's a new quarterback. That's, you know, they got J- Jalen Milrow coming back in. He's already playing, but I think that they're going to be just fine. It's going to, I think I personally think so too. It's just, I don't I think for me, if they lose this game to Ole Miss, people are going to really, really question on Nick Saban and when is he going to be done? Because he's the guy is what seventy-two years old or something. Like, no, surely I, the end of college football has to be near for him at least, maybe in the next five years or so. Well, I think he's still got a few more playoff teams there. We're, we'll see, but I, I, I just can't really say anything about Alabama. Just when you look at what they've done, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to say that they're they're done just yet. Yep. All right. Uh, last conference, Pac-12. There is actually a lot of games to choose from. You have UCLA and Utah are playing. I think Oregon State and Washington State are playing against each other. The game I decided to watch, uh, it's going to be on ABC at 2.30, which which is like, what, 10, not 11 o'clock in Oregon? 
if it's 2.30 Eastern. Yeah. Yeah, so 11.30. Yeah, so very bright and early for Oregon and Colorado. Uh, Colorado, like what we mentioned earlier in the show, does not have Travis Hunter. That's going to be a very big piece, at least I think on the defensive end. I think personally Travis Hunter doesn't need to play wide receiver because they have Jamie Horn and Xavier Weaver. But I think for me personally, the loss of Travis Hunter on the defensive side is really going to hurt Colorado. And their defense has really not shown anything. They've shown up they can give up a ton of yards, but yet their offense can back it up. Uh, I've, I don't know if this was with you or someone I mentioned just talking off air that they really need to uh, – if Colorado is going to play in games, they really need – they're going to play in a lot, a lot of shootouts – and can the defense get a couple stops, you know? Like, uh, I just saw a recent interview with Deion Sanders, like his son Shiloh was saying, so, Dad, you're going to put the defense out there, right? First, he's like, oh, no, I'm putting my, your, other, your other brother in there. I trust yeah. him more than I trust you, you know? So, but, I mean, you're not wrong when your defense allows 460 yards of per game. So, Oregon, though, is one of the two teams in the country that has not turned over the football yet. Colorado, it's really hard to turn over the football unless your name is Jeff Sims. Um, but I'm going to go with the Ducks in this one. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Oregon as well. I would probably still have gone with Oregon even with Tra- if Travis Hunter was healthy, but I think uh, that that's going to be a big loss for them. And you, you've kind of already mentioned it, but Oregon's offense, they've been uh, right away here. They're off to a hot start uh, right now just – they did, you know, their first, two of their first three games against Portland State and Hawaii. And they, one thing, you, you, as we've watched Oregon over the years, we know that they like to really pour it on teams, going for two on the first possession and all that. Uh, I think they won that game against Portland State. They scored at least 80 points. So right now they're, uh, you know, producing 58 points a game. But when you look at especially what Bo Nix has done as well, throwing to a whole bunch of different guys, getting them involved with uh, Troy Franklin, top receiver right now. He's uh, he's looking pretty good. That offense is really uh, really looking good so far. I think that they're going to keep that momentum going this weekend against Colorado, and I think that Colorado is going to have a, a tough start to conference play. I think Oregon gets the win. I think they win by double digits. Yeah. So those are your top five games to watch. And did you? I don't think we made a pick for uh, Ohio State and Notre Dame. I don't think we. Ohio made, State and Notre Dame. I'm going Notre Dame. I'm going to go Notre Dame. I as well. don't trust this Ohio State team whatsoever. Kyle McCord is not the guy in the future run. He probably is this season, but watch Aaron Nolan next season be be the full time starter. Yeah, next. I I think statement win for Notre Dame. Sam Hartman plays a great game. The run game has looked good so far. I think they continue that this week against Ohio State's defense, so Notre Dame. Okay. Uh, just curious, though, did you do uh, – do you have your top five Heismans, though, or no? Well, I don't know if I have them in order, but I can I can probably name five right now. Okay, uh, who you got? So, for me, right now, I'm going to say uh, – you've already mentioned it from Seattle. I'm really paying a lot of attention to what the Washington Huskies are doing. I think that's a really good team. Uh, Michael Penix, the quarterback, I think he's uh, he's right up there for sure. But just based off what we've seen so far, and I think he's going to have a lot more opportunities this season to prove himself. I think you also got to look at a few other Pac-12 quarterbacks, one of them being Caleb Williams from USC. He won it last year. I think he's going to be right there again this year. USC, another great team. I think that they're going to really be a, a tough, tough team to beat going forward. 
And I think right now, um, you got to look at Shador Sanders at Colorado. Just based, how, like how can you not look at him based how? off what you know? What we, well, I think just when you compare the reason I say that in that way is just because when you compare Shador Sanders to Michael Penix and Caleb Williams, it's obviously very different because you know this is his first year. You know, well he was at Jackson State, but now he's really onto the scene. Yeah. At yeah, Colorado, but, like, but what he's doing, yeah, you can't ignore it. I think that um, he's he's right up there right now, and uh, I think you could even argue that he's the front runner right now. You could, but um, you have I, to play. You have to place a very strong case against that, but nothing wrong with that as of right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't like I said, these aren't really uh, in any particular order. I think mm. the, those are just three of the top five for sure. Um, now, just trying to think of some. I mean. So far, I think Sam Hartman looks pretty good at Notre Dame. He's hasn't really been tested, you know, faced a tough challenge yet. Uh, but you could you could say the same thing about Caleb Williams and even maybe Michael Penix. Although Michigan State, I think, is better than any team that Notre Dame has played. But Sam Hartman is looking pretty good. He had the extra game too, week zero for Notre Dame. So uh, I think he's up there. Uh, I guess that's four quarterbacks. I don't know if. If well, a, I mean, lately the Heisman has yeah, been a quarterback is, award. De- that is true. Regarding to Devontae Smith, who, you know, relatively won that deserve, arguably. I still think last year, if Blake Corum didn't get hurt, he probably, I think, could have won the Heisman. But also, Caleb Williams had a very solid year last year. Uh, so, do you have your fifth one? Yeah, I mean, I guess right now you could, it, it, it's probably got to be another quarterback. You maybe go with, maybe Jordan Travis at Florida State yeah. uh, so far. He's he's looked pretty good. They did did struggle a bit against Boston College, but like we've already mentioned, I uh, think both of us think he's in for a bounce back this week against Clemson. So those would probably be my five. I It's still early in the year, so a lot of lot of football left. So we're going to see how it plays out. Say to finish out this segment, then Charlie, I'll get you on your way. My number one is Caleb Williams. He's just... There's no reason why he like he can be the second player in college football history to go back to back. I think personally, if I'm being generally honest, I think he's a lot better this year than he was last year. And last year was a Heisman winner. Imagine what this year could be doing. I mean, yeah. people are saying now, you know, because of how much NIL money he makes, he doesn't have to go to the NFL draft. Like that's insanely good how this kid is doing. I mean, and even if you're watching college football now at home now, he's you don't have to watch him play. He's on He's on the Wendy's commercials now. You know, that's how much money he's making from NIL. But on the field play, speaks out a lot. 788 yards. You know, he's completing almost 80% of his passes and 12 touchdowns. I mean, they got the number one scoring off- offense, obviously. Number two, I am going to go with Michael Penix Jr. Uh, he's now leading the country in passing yards. He has over 1,300 of them. And he's also been coming out of the games in the third quarter. Yeah. Keep that in mind, too. That's crazy. 12 touchdowns, one pick. Uh, he's, I didn't even know this. So I was researching. He's only been sacked one time this entire year. That's a really good job, I think, from him, but also as an offensive lineman standpoint. Um, and then all three of his games he's thrown for over 400 yards. Number three is Shadur Sanders, what he's done at Colorado. It might not look like stats-wise because he's been sacked like 12 times, uh, but also realize like you can simply grab his ankle and he's going to go down probably more to protect himself than to make a big play. I mean, but he has 1,200, 1,250 passing yards, 10 touchdowns and a pick. Uh, that one pick, though, what, it wasn't even his fault. I think it was bounced off the defender's hands or something, and it just fell in the place of Colorado. So not necessarily his fault, but... Mm-hmm. 
Number four, this guy I think needs a lot more attention, and that's Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma. Yeah, he might. He, you uh, now that I think about it, you could probably you can make a really strong case. I'll Dylan give you I'll, I'll give you to the standpoint right here. Okay, he threw ninety percent against Tulsa. Granted, Tulsa is not a very good team, but still throwing ninety percent in a game is relatively t- relatively good. Uh, he's thrown he's completed eighty two and a half percent of his passes, only for nine hundred five yards. 11 touchdowns in one pick. But I but then in the back of my head I'm like, "Hold on a minute. We talked about last year Oklahoma being a conference play or a college football playoff team last year and then they go 6 and 7, right? In 2022 at this time, he completed 66% of his passes for only 759 yards and only 7 touchdowns. He has definitely improved this way. Oklahoma's one of the most scoring offenses prior to Oregon and USC. There's no reason why this kid it needs is need, there's no reason why this kid needs more attention. Wait, there is more reasoning to why this kid needs attention. Yeah, for sure. He's he's up there. I just forgot about him. I guess as I was listing him, he's yeah. definitely looking. He, he's so got to be up there. I think he's probably yeah. the dark horse right now because people are mentioning J.J. McCarthy over him or Bo Nix over him. I love Bo Nix, but I also think Dylan Gabriel is a, is a much darker horse. And then to round it out, I have Sam Harmon at number five. I okay. mean, he, you know, the stats-wise, 71% of his passes completed, over 1,000 yards, 13 touchdowns, which leads college football, and no picks. Um, but also, granted, this Ohio, Ohio State game can hurt him as much as it can, as it can help him. So. so we got four of, four of the five we, uh, we agree on. Maybe five of the five now that I think about it, but all right, we'll see. We still got a lot of a lot of weeks to go, so I say yeah, we do. Uh, Charlie, thank you for coming on. Yeah, uh, I know you got to get going and stuff, so uh, thank you for coming on. You were listening to the Sports Fan Show with Anthony Guma on ninety three on ninety point three KRN.